0: Welcome back to another episode of the Excellence Cartel. Today, we are joined by a really good friend, someone who I actually admire the shit out of and kind of have a woman crush on, Miss Jamie Filer. She's going to be, we're going to get to know her. I think you guys are going to be, let me just say that Nick Saban and her, they would have made the best like partnership ever in life. I actually 100% believe. Um, But before we get into that, I would like to find out how Mr. Nick Mowers' last seven days have been, my man. How have they been?
1: Man, I'm starting it off this time. That's cool. Uh, uh, They've been pretty, I guess, uneventful. I had um, my boss in town last week, and we had um, actually right after the podcast, I had to race over. We went golfing together and all that, and then uh, moseyed into the Mother's Day weekend, spent time with some friends, and uh, did my best to not make my wife mad on Mother's Day. So that was pretty fun um, and a success. And then um, just been training clients, um, you know, before and after work um, as always, and got uh, my two online ones and um, hoping to continue to grow that.
0: Awesome, man. Well glad to see you're starting to move in the right direction, my friend. Mm-hmm. Oh, Jeff Sue, I got you right as your mouth is full of shit. Uh, with food. <laughs> not, not literally, no. Um, how's your last seven days been, man?
1: I usually am full of shit anyway.
0: Yeah, well, at least you own it. I'll give you that much. That's fair.
1: That's what my social media is all about. But hey, listen, last seven days, I can't complain, man. A lot of renewals from my clients, a lot of new um, hormone fix cases um, at my new rate, which is $600 a month. Um, a lot of value in that rate, however. So, um, what I is the value
0: for six hundred a month? Sell me right now. He
2: wipes your ass and cooks your food for you, man. <laughs>
0: exactly. I fucking pay six hundred for that.
1: It's yeah. full service, Jeff, from soup to nuts. I do everything, uh, <laughs> and I mean everything. Um, no, uh-huh. listen, listen though. I had like four consults um, between uh, yesterday and today. I have another one after this call. Um, I had another sign up yesterday, a lot of renewals. So listen, I can't complain. You know, business is great. Um, social media kicking kicking ass on there. Um, I invested in Shiba Inu coin and I doubled my investment overnight.
2: Sell it because it has no value.
1: I know it has no value, but it's, it's going to go up, man. Like, you think it's, it's going like, to go up more? I think it's going to go up. I think it could hit 10 cents. Listen, if it hits 10 cents, here's what I'm going to do. Okay. I'm going to yeah. announce this to everyone right now if it hits 10 cents, I will be a multimillionaire based off of what I put in just 10 cents. And if that happens, I'm trimming down my client load. So all the people who piss me off, I'm firing you. And I'm going to keep, like 20, <laughs> I'm going to, I'm going to keep 20 clients and I'm going to bring my rate down to 200 bucks a month. And I'm going to still do everything and make it affordable and just be a really good coach for 20 people. And I'm going to buy a Porsche, a house down in Tampa. And I'm going to retire. I like
2: do. it. I like it, dude. All
0: right, you know what? I'm fuck you. I'm sold. I'm rooting for you now. Go yeah. Shiba Inu coin or whatever the hell that's Shiba Inu. Shiba Inu coin
1: after like a like a like the dog that's like it's like a cartoon dog, and it's called Doge, but like it's an actual Shiba Inu. It's the breed. The name is Shiba Inu. Oh my god! So there's a coin named after you have to trade Ethereum or Ether or whatever to buy it.
2: What 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 uh exchange can you get it on?
1: Uh, Coinbase wallet.
2: Oh, they have it on Coinbase yeah. now. Yeah, Coin- wow. you gotta
1: buy Ether and then exchange and then yeah. buy Shiba. Yep. Yeah. But yeah, it doubled overnight. So.
2: Nice, good work.
0: Good for you. Thanks. I'm rooting for Thanks. you, man. Go ten Thanks. cents. Go 10, ten cents. Uh, Jason, how's your last seven days been, bro?
2: It's been good. Um, business has been real steady. Um, you know, I don't do as much social media as Sue does. Um. <laughs> But, you know, um,
1: you don't need to, though.
2: No, I guess I really don't. The podcast worked pretty well for me. And and that's the beauty of the podcast. I get kind of burnt out, you know, other than posting things to my stories. Um, But, you know, I've had a lot of functional uh, health cases come in. So there's still a lot of that going around. Um, So I I got all those programmed and out. Um, Aria was in town, met the parents. Um, That was cool um uh,
0: that's like a big first step were you like were your palms yeah. sweating and shit did you no, not at all oh right.
2: no not not at all my parents are chill and i mean it's not like i'm 18 you know what i mean so <laughs> um but it was cool it was good um let's see anything else exciting happening uh the car the mercedes still not back from the deer the uh it's i guess the car is fixed but like they the body shop couldn't like program the headlights because they're all i don't know like me- mechanical and technical the programming So they had a mobile guy come out he couldn't do it so now they got to send it to the mercedes dealer so i hope they don't hit me with more of a bill on it because the insurance already paid out so i'm waiting on that to get back i've been driving the porsche everywhere and it's killing me because it's raining and shitty weather uh um, such
0: a sad life you live Oh, it's <laughs> fucking pathetic. I fucking feel for you. Like, you like right now, train. I look down at my Lexus. I'm like, I shit on Jason's Porsche with my
2: Lexus. <laughs> but yeah, I don't like driving it in the rain because it gets all that mud up under. Oh like, no! So, um, other You're driving than that, it down man. here to Nashville? Huh? You driving it to Nashville? I'm hoping they have the Mercedes back by then and I'll do all you do that. And well, it, if lie. not,
0: I got the best trade ever. I got my 2003 topless Jeep that you could drive around and I'll drive the Porsche for a few days <laughs> and I'll help you remember what it's like. I'm to trying really to drive not put, a nice put miles
2: car. on it. That's the thing. I'm trying to not put, put miles
0: on. on my Wrangler. I'll just put a few on your car, just up you. and down the street once or twice. That's
2: sure. <laughs> um, you know, we've been having some stumbling blocks with new ethics because the FDA is actually putting out some, Kind of fucked up stuff. They kind of they tried to say that cysteine is now going to be a need a, a prescription. Yeah. And yeah. they did that with calcium disodium, which is actually a pretty important ingredient in our biofilm resolve. So Amazon is pulling us off. And we do, you know, a yeah. really nice business on Amazon. So now we got to hustle and pull knack out of supplements. We're looking at glutathione, which is more expensive. In any event, it's just always one thing after another i mean the fda is just kind of overstepping here but my amazon doesn't care like if they ever get anything they just they just say yep pulling it so just some hoops things to work through business as usual but uh otherwise man i'm doing good doing good here
0: nice let's see i'm trying to think about oh my- shit
2: one other thing oh let me, go. let me announce yeah. uh i have a part two to my hormones class coming out soon i've got the powerpoint done but i want to review it make sure i'm delivering everything i need to deliver so basically this will go over okay now you have good labs what do you do what supplements should you keep in i found the most helpful what ones can you pull how do you keep them healthy as you go through cutting and and dieting phases and so that's going to be my part two to my to my hormone class it's been really successful and people have been asking me for this so i finally sat down and, and knocked it out
0: nice you smoke a bunch when you created it
2: i microdosed Oh,
0: even better. I told you it's amazing. Oh, you wrote I th- that ebook I, one dude, day. I,
2: I was, it was all, thr- I just, I kind of just did that and then just kind of word vomited on paper or on PowerPoint and then went back and fixed it. And it, it was two hours tops.
0: If I wasn't the supportive friend that I am, I would yeah. almost ask for that class for free because the microdosing that I turned you on to helped create mm-hmm. such a beautiful fucking specimen mm-hmm. that I should almost be gifted that bequeathed it into my life. Actually,
2: we'll talk. All right, fair. I'm just fucking with you. Uh,
0: <laughs> my last seven days have been good. Um, my friend and I, who are buying that company, we're actually looking at maybe buying the whole franchise, which is 20 of them. Oh, wow. uh, and then uh, we actually figured out how we could 10X the fucking thing uh, last Friday during Guys Day. So the group of guys that I'm friends with locally, were are all like local entrepreneurs, uh, restaurant or uh, real estate uh, agents. One of my friends who's in the group actually sold 125 houses last year uh yeah. kobe yeah fucking ridiculous just sales stud and it, anyway we all get together we just business and to hear everyone collectively pinging us with ideas and they were just drafting on the it was really fucking neat um so that's what i've been working on and then i got into taking walks after all my meals like 15 10 15 minutes yeah. dude it's been so great i walk back to my computer and the email doesn't piss me off nearly as much as it did when i got done <laughs> really <and> back <laughs> down yeah, no, I walk. Maybe I need some, to try that. Yeah, no, put a podcast on for 10 or 15 minutes. Like right now, I'm kind of like on an Andy for Kick because it's just easy listening Yeah. to me. Walk, I got like over 12,000 steps yesterday. I'm already over like 11,000 today. Um, And I just, you know, I noticed it was a really good mental reset, if anything, just a quick little amount. All right, cool um so that's a little hack if you guys are listening and want to try something you feel stressed it's been nice especially the weather it's like well it
2: does improve digestion in my opinion yeah Yeah. but it's just been
0: neat to do it like kind of get like the habit going i'm like four days it was piss poor here on sunday and i managed to get twelve thousand steps in my house i know Mm. exactly what 61 feet is like jason in this house if you want me to walk (laughs) Walk it out to you when you're here next week start here and you kind of start doing the trail but um That's how my last seven days have been. And before I get to Miss Jamie, I need to go over a few things. Guys, Amino Asylum, they sponsor us. TEC15 is the discount code. Um, Be sure to hook them up because they are just really cool people. Um, Second thing is PEC is here in Nashville next Friday and Saturday. Um, It kicks off Friday at 4 o'clock and 6 o'clock. Saturday, it'll start at 8 a.m. It'll run all the way to 4. You guys will have Q&A. It's a good time. We still have spots. If you want to tune in, tune in before the rate goes up because we'd have to tell the chair people and shit like that. We need extra stuff. So if you're gonna go ahead and sign up, sign up. Nashville's a great time. It's completely wide open, and they pretty much have dropped the mask mandate. So everywhere is just a good party here, which is great to see. And then we have the First Form event. Yep. The Excellence Cartel takes over First Form. That is August 27th, Friday. In August twenty eighth, it is three hundred dollars a ticket for the event on Saturday, and if you want the five hundred dollar ticket, the VIP ticket, which includes a private dinner with the guest speakers and Sal Frisella, uh, that's going to be on Friday night. And That'll be five hundred. I've already sold two of those, by the way, um, and it's limited to ten, so there's only eight left. So if you want your chance to be able to sit down with myself, Jason, Jamie, you're going to be presenting with us at First Form, Jeff. Laura Conlon, Nick Ross from NCI, Sal himself, and then a 75-minute Q&A panel. You guys have some of the best and brightest minds in front of you, and most importantly, one of the best visionary guys in Sal, and you guys just know how he is. It'll be a hell of a good time. It goes to a great cause. All the money we raise will go for the 30 for Kids event for first form that they put on. So let's show everyone how good – of you know how blessed we've been this year in 2020 a lot of us have watched our businesses really take the fuck off and just double and i think it's time we just inject a little goodness back out in there into the world so come join us it'll be a hell of a good time i know that jamie here oh how's your last seven days been my crush
3: (laughs) My last seven days have been phenomenal. I've been in uh, Orlando, Florida. I've been in Denver, Colorado, Colorado Springs, and now back in Tampa, Florida, where I call home.
0: Do you want Sue as a neighbor?
3: Uh, Tampa's a solid 25 minutes away. So based on everything you've told me about him, Jeff, I'm like, I feel like I'm safe enough if I stay (laughs) in water and he's in Tampa.
0: (laughs) Oh, I love it. You blend in so well already. (laughs)
3: <laughs> Listen,
1: I, I looked at some houses on Zillow over there. You can get you can get something really nice for like 800k down it's
3: there. 700K. stupid. Yeah. Yeah, Florida real estate, we're still within that the bubble that is taking place in the real estate market, but Florida doesn't quite know what's going on ever. So, you can pick up some solid stuff here. Yes.
0: So, I got to ask you a question. What's it like to be a real estate mogul? Mogul, sorry. You because you've been flipping houses, you've been throwing in the barn and crushing
3: it. Yeah, we just uh we we bought flipped and sold in four weeks most recently. The, la- the first project was five months, second one was four weeks and we just picked up our third one in St. Pete. Um, it'll close in another two weeks and then we have no idea, we'll project probably whatever, four to six weeks um, from this one.
0: Awesome. I think that's so cool that you're into that. When you were talking about that in TRM, I
3: was like, hell yeah. That's Me too, shit. but my wife is upset that I won't buy her a new house. She's like, why yeah. do you keep buying all of these other houses and then you're flipping it? But like, I would like to live somewhere else and you can't get us a house. <laughs> Everyone else has my money. I don't have my money. That's exactly true.
0: <laughs> that's exactly true. What was the best part about your trip?
3: Uh, the uh, being disconnected when it was inconvenient like i i wasn't anticipating when i never knew when i was going to have reception and when i wasn't so it forced uh similar to your guys date this was essentially four entrepreneurial women stuck in a cabin i'm sure you've all seen that movie right yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But we were paying ideas off each other two were in real estate they're the ones i flip houses with the other Runs seminars for Fortune Builder, which is a real estate company, kind of like Rich Dad, Poor Dad. And then my wife is an SLP and another one is a financial advisor. So we had a really solid group of women up there.
0: That's awesome. I, I bet the ideas generated and so forth. Now you know to microdose LSD. You just mm-hmm. if you need me to help you sell all the ladies on this, you can give my text. I'll be like, <laughs> Look, ladies, just trust trust
2: Yoda on this one. <laughs>
3: yeah. Wait, one second. Is Jeff wearing a fur coat?
2: He doesn't use his heat. He makes $30,000, doesn't make his... uh,
1: his (laughs) It's very cold in my house. The insulation is very good. So whatever the temperature is last night, it stays like that.
3: It's curious. Okay, cool. You may continue.
0: Well, fair. So we actually, you know, before we went to air, obviously we want to talk about you. But I had this like idea today when I was like, walking and i was asking myself because someone text me or sent me an ig message um it was like you know i just want you to know i've been watching you for a while i find your success really admirable i hope to be as successful like you and i know i, I it's going to happen for me quick and i'm like you know it kind of was like that's fucking cool one but like it made me start thinking like what success really is you know like it, it, what i mean by that is in the beginning you're about it's about every dollar. It's about money, money, money. Money is this powerful driver because you watch it go up and the more it goes up, the more it excites you, you know, and the more it goes down, you either get really off and double down and make sure you're going to like get all of it back and then some, or, you know, you're always in this like pendulum swing with money, but then it kind of starts shifting and it starts to going about like, you stop worrying about money and you start worrying about when you're going to stop creating, it's like this, this shift that I'm in now, now it's like, I don't worry about the money. I worry about, okay, can I really hold this up? What's it really going to take for me to hold this up and then get another 10%? What am I really going to have to get better at? Like, what the fuck have I sacrificed already? Like, what more am I willing to give of myself to go? And that's something that like You hear him talk about in the entrepreneur space, but I think it's very, very relevant because we're each entrepreneurs. We're each coaches that have a lot of demands. We deal with clients who are going through a lot of shit. And then on top of that, we're trying to grow and take care of others. And like, I was like, man, success to me is one of the most beautiful burdens that you can ever have the chance of like pursuing. But it takes, it demands so much of you I just kind of wanted to talk about that today. Like, I, I don't know. I mean, I, I sit in a house, I'm renting. Personally, I'm not in the best place. Professionally, like just so many things are just going in the right fucking direction. I'm like, what am I not seeing that's going to blindside me and hit me like a bus? And I kind of want to get your all's opinion. And, and Jamie, I, I want to actually kick it off with you because you took that whole week off and that gave me anxiety. Like when I read that for you, I actually had real fucking anxiety. I was like, oh, what would that look like for me? You know what I mean? And it, it's not like, cause I love my team. I trust my team. I know I could disappear and go to the Amazon for 30 days and, and do law drugs and come back and they would have handled it. But there's just like this attachment. Like it's like, once you start winning, it's so addictive mm. and success just changes. I wanted to get your take on it.
3: Sure. So, okay. So I guess you have two different questions. Um, First one, how did I handle uh, a week off? So thankfully, and I, I, listen, full disclosure, I didn't think that I was going to work. When I told you guys in TRM that I was going to take the week off, I fully intended to. But like I said, I had four other women who all run their own businesses. So what we instead did, because nobody could stay away from their baby, uh, was what we called Lap happy hour. And instead of happy hour from pulling, you know, drinking or whatever from four to six, uh, three of us brought out our laptops or that was the time we were allowed to use our phones and uh, decide who was gonna be on the Wi-Fi while the rest of us were on data because only one person could use it as a time. And all we would do was touch base with whether it was your VA, your EA, whether you wanted to dip into your DMs, program or answer emails, you had one thing that you were allowed to do every day. Uh, for that 60 minutes or 90 minutes in the cabin and that was it so it's the way I see it it's similar to you go on vacation and you don't necessarily know where there's going to be a gym nearby but you know you're going to get your steps in there's no problem doing sit-ups push-ups and squats just to get a little pump before you go to the beach your chest is still going to be there a week from now when you can actually hit it with eight variations of a, a press but in the meantime all you really needed to do was a couple sets of push-ups every day to know that like your pecs weren't going anywhere. (laughs) That's true. Um, And then in terms of my definition of success or what success means to me, it's when you don't have to worry about when the other shoe is gonna drop. Because whether that's your finances, you don't have to worry about if the real estate market crashes, if the stock market crashes, if your savings gets depleted, let's say, God forbid, divorce, whatever, you're gonna be fine but also your relationship is in such a good place because you're not killing your significant other working 20 hour days, that you're not gonna worry that she's gonna leave you. But also your friends aren't worried about the next time they're gonna see you and that you've got bags under your eyes and you never go out with them anymore because all you do is either sit in front of your laptop or spend time with your wife. So success to me is when you can keep your burners on low for every area of your life without worrying about setting your house on fire.
0: Ooh, I really like that analogy. Oh, that's badass. What is winning to you?
3: What is winning?
0: Yeah. How, like, like, what is it to you?
3: Oh, winning to me is time freedom. But time okay. freedom without worrying about the financial side. So, for example, not, you know, when we booked the Airbnb, the first question that our friends threw out was, okay, what's everyone's budget? And I'm like, here we go. Do you guys, because- I'll just get the Airbnb. That's fine. Cause I don't want to worry about somebody who doesn't make. and then the lowest common denominator. And now we're getting an Airbnb for that person. And I get it and I understand, and maybe they have a salary and that's good enough for them, but I do not want to sacrifice the longest vacation I've taken since my honeymoon in 2018, just because somebody doesn't have what I have. So I want the time freedom to go away to Denver for as long as I want with the financial freedom to not worry about how much I'm going to spend on Airbnb for that amount of time.
0: I'll dig it. Jason. Yeah, man. I want to get your take like on success because, you know, arguably, you know, we call you Gramps, but you're like the OG, you know, you know, you're on the boards way back in the day. So we're talking, um, you know, 15, 16, 17 years. What is success to you?
2: Man, it's, it's morphed a lot. Um, You know, I think I'm still defining it because, you know, as a lot of listeners know, and you all know, I did go through a divorce Um, and, you know, so you start to look at did all the wealth and finances I push for affect that. Um, So you beat yourself up a lot. Um, And, but at the end of the day, I think, you know, it, it reached just precipice for me, probably right before the divorce. I mean, I didn't want for anything financially um, and financial freedom was kind of always the word in my head um, that kind of defines success. I didn't have to really worry about my bank, worry about this. But at the same time, for me, I also want to leave my mark. Um, I love helping people and I hope that I've done some things in the industry Um, you know, with new ethics and with, you know, being someone that pushes, you know, a focus on health that I've also left my mark that way. So I think for me, there's a financial component. There's also a component of leaving my mark, um, some sort of legacy. And I think I'm still working on that. Um, But I'll tell you, you know, before the divorce, I felt like my financial freedom was 100% there. But, you know, now you split everything. We're still business partners, as all of y'all know, and she still works at the businesses that we own and I work at it. So all the money gets split, but I just got hit with a huge tax burden. As you know, we talked about last week, I wrote a hundred thousand dollar check to the IRS just this week after already paying them 80 grand in prepayments. Um, So I don't know, man, I'm still grappling with it, but I know for me, um, I could take on more things. Um, but for me, you know, I've been busting my ass. You know, I was a lawyer for 15 years while I was building my businesses, working 100 clients, while also being a lawyer. So for me right now, man, it's tough because I see some of you all still pushing hard, you know, tons of social media posts, working 16 hour days. There's a minute of me that thinks, man, I'm not doing that shit, but then yeah, I got to remember about this last week. Right. But then I got to remember that I pushed hard, you know, and I've saved and I've got good investments and I've got a nice size checking account. And, you know, it's, it's, is that all of it? No, not at all. But like, I got to remember that I'm not on some of the same levels with all these other people that are still working these kind of hours, you know, like Ario's in town. I, I did do work in the morning on a few days, but Man, I didn't check my phone much. I got people texting me wondering where I'm at. And, you know, it was, it allows me to unplug and enjoy life. And so I think I'm kind of getting to the stage where success may not be the big houses. I've had all that. We had the Florida house, we had the lake house. I think it might more be now for me to have all my bills paid and to be able to start really enjoying the fruits of the labor. So I, I think it's morphed some for me and it's still morphing. And I can tell you, I'm still not completely satisfied in my inner head or inner heart. And, uh, you know, you're still searching for that. So I, I don't know how long that'll be, but, um, that's kind of just my ramblings.
0: Yeah. No, I relate. It, it's a different kind of anxiety. Yeah. Um, yeah. you know, in the beginning it's like, uh, it's trying to survive and then it shifts to thrive and what does thrive look like? And you can go so many different directions with that, but Sue, You know, man, uh, you work like by God more than anyone. I mean, I always give you credit. You know, I know you uh, you're in the trenches day in and day out. So what do you think success is for you where you're at given that?
1: Well, I want to say that I really respect Jamie's uh, viewpoint. And obviously, you know, I I look up to Jason, you know, Jason having, you know, mentored me since like 2008. And I can totally identify with the position that you're in now, which is why I jokingly said at the beginning that you don't need to be on social media like I am. Um, success to me for a while, I would say maybe when I finished grad school, um, and then I was doing my business full time and I really started making good money in this, it was all about money. You know, I was like, I can't believe how much money I'm making. I'm buying Gucci shoes. I got a Gucci wallet, I got the BMW, I bought a house, you know, all this stuff. It was all about money. And then like, I realized I was really depressed this past winter after I bought my house. And I don't know why, but I, it made me realize that money really isn't like anything. It doesn't mean that you're successful at all. You can, you can be so unhappy and so unbalanced and have a lot of money and a a lot of toys and a nice house and all this stuff. It doesn't mean shit. Um, So what success means to me now is that, you know, my business is pretty stable. You know, it's, it's not as stable. I don't, I wouldn't say it's as stable as Jason's, but it's like, it's growing. It's going to get there one day, I think. But for me, it's like the quality of interactions with the people in my life and how I feel about those things. And it's like a general feeling for me when I go to bed every night. It's like, did I treat people well? Did I do my best? Was everything like, you know, quality versus quantity? That's success to me now. And in terms of the business, I haven't really branched out to do too many things. Like I'm a sole like coach, I don't have a team really. Um, I do have like one mentor coach under me, but it's not like he has a ton of clients. Um, So I do everything and I want to make sure that everything I'm doing right now is done to the best of my ability and everything is so efficient before I move on to something else. So that's what I'm focusing on right now.
0: Yeah, a couple all different perspectives, because for me, it's more like I want to fucking do it. And just, I just gotta, I just gotta like have that talk with myself and just be like, it's time to put your head back in the game and let's do this again. Um, So, with all that said, thank you guys for having that. I know that was one of them like random off things. I don't know why my computer is like doing that. That's like really weird. So, I apologize. That was like, it kept fading me
2: out. It's like, shut the fuck up. Like it's resetting you.
0: Yeah, I know. It's very, very depressing right now. But let's get on with this, Jamie. Who is Jamie? Let's get it. Let's get into this, you
3: know? Oh my god, how do I even? I mean, do I give you the canned bio? Do I give you I don't know. What's the- your
0: t- yeah, I would say like what's your TED talk, but like what's your TED talk introduction? Let me just say that.
3: Oh. God, uh, you know, let's go with establishing authority and credibility first. I do have a BA in kin. I didn't get a weekend certification in anything. I mean, I did back in Toronto, but, um, you know, I rely on my kinesiology degree. I got a personal training certification from the national personal training Institute in Orlando. Um, I've been in the industry since 2007. I got my start on the bodybuilding.com forums, just like Jason. Um, I was really, it was really cool in the Derek Charlebois section. Um, I was actually Saivation's first female sponsored athlete. Really? Uh, yeah. Yeah. And I used to work alongside Lane Norton doing all of the play-by-plays. I'm, I look young. I know, guys. But I'm actually <laughs> to remember the time before live stream. So Lane Norton would do his play-by-play on men's bodybuilding because physique wasn't a thing yet. And then he would hand me the computer and I would take over to do women's bodybuilding and figure and fitness because physique and bikini were not a thing yet. (laughs) And then eventually lost my job to live stream. Um, But I started working for Muscle Insider, which is Canada's biggest bodybuilding magazine. I was their editor-in-chief for four years until I got married to Katie and wasn't allowed to hold a Canadian job anymore. Hmm. So I've, uh, only formally been an online personal trainer for two and a half years, but informally for about 15. Oh,
0: what you guys have anything you guys want to say to that, or you want to keep going with it?
1: I kind of remember you now, now that you mentioned Derek and, uh, and Lane and those lives, those, those streams, I used to watch those.
3: Yeah. Yeah,
1: so I just troll people in the MISC section. I didn't even do anything. <laughs>
3: yeah, you and everyone else. We all used to. Yeah, definitely. I was, I remember I was in their booth. I was hanging out with them.
0: Yeah. What's been, okay. So you've been an online coach the last two and a half years. What's it been like for you? Um, because I assume you've seen the radical shift in the industry, the, the absolute explosion it's going through. So yeah. how did it start for you? Was it just kind of like, you know, give a little feedback to that because everyone's been spoiled by 2020, I think. We just assumed. Oh, you're most
3: 100%. Good 100%. You know, I remember for the first time, I remember getting offended. Having been a Salvation athlete, I remember getting offended when um, people started recruiting ambassadors and discount codes and giving out free stuff and supplements and sponsorships to people who had a lot of followers. And I said, wait, I remember purposely buying muscle tech to get the DVDs with uh, Johnny Jackson and and (laughs) Branch Warren on them. Like those were athletes who had sponsorships and now somebody with a million followers has a sponsorship and that offended me as an athlete. And now I'm in a space where I'm getting offended that someone is taking the role of trainer just because they have a million followers and they sell more eBooks in a day than I could sell in my entire life because of their followers. So personally and professionally, I have been deeply offended Mm -hmm. by this industry in the last two and a half years.
0: What do you think about do you think it gets better? Do you think that like we're like at the rock bottom coming out maybe or do you think it get, it gets worse? It keeps
3: plummeting. I, I think it's going to, I don't know if it's going to get worse. I do believe it's going to flatline at the at the level of rock bottom. Um, you know, I, I believe to an extent, uh, you know, Jason and I, we're going to go the way of the dodo bird. Um, and people are going to rely on YouTube videos and, uh, people on the other side of the screen and Instagram lives to get their workouts in. They're not going to rely on science. They're not going to rely on kinesiology, biology, chemistry anymore. Um, but there's going to be a niche, you know, and, and thankfully we will all continue to thrive as long as we speak to our ideal audience and we attract people, a certain IQ level and a certain EQ level.
0: Mm hundred percent. Um, I want to. One thing I want to do here is uh, really illustrate your character, how strong it is, and I want to talk about. Obviously, you're gay. What was it like coming out, and what was that journey like for you? Because you know, I really want to kind of like get the background there, and you know, maybe talk about what was like, you know, going through the this industry as a gay athlete. Like, what, like, how's it been? I, w- I want to kind of just get like that broad, macro, and then go through micro all the way up.
3: Sure. So we have to start at the beginning. My mm-hmm. dad was diagnosed with Lou Gehrig's disease, um, also mm. known as ALS.
2: That's a rough yeah. one. It
3: yeah. is a rough one. Um,
2: yeah.
3: Eight months after my parents got married, which was one month before I was born.
2: Oh, so, wow. Yeah.
3: So I have three older siblings from his previous marriage. So They saw him decline considerably. Um, My youngest sibling is 18 years older than I am. And then it's 21 and 23 years older. So they saw him go from a young, vibrant father who used to thrive playing tennis, running and, and swimming to a man who couldn't talk, walk or breathe on his own. Now, fortunately, and I say fortunately with a full heart, that was all I knew, I only knew a guy on a ventilator who could not get up and who need his mouth needed to be suctioned and who needed to be rolled over. He would get bed sores, but he was at every single basketball game I ever played in elementary school. He made it to as many high school basketball playoffs as he could. He attended one of my bodybuilding shows and he retired only because he hit the mandatory retirement age of 70 being a superior court judge in Ontario.
1: Mm.
3: Uh, I wow. Right, so my resilience, it never occurred to me that there was something I couldn't do. Because if this guy could be a father to four children, and if he could be a loving and supportive husband who continued to put bread on the table, despite literally not being able to do anything but think, um, I'm like, wow, I have no excuses. So being gay was just, I mean, that's like not even a chip on my shoulder compared to what I grew up with. So coming out, uh, I actually, okay. So I came out later in life. It came out when I was 26. Um, my dad passed away when I was 19. So I, I mean, I, my mom said she saw this coming and I'm assuming if my dad said she saw it coming, my dad said like, right. My mom saw it coming. So did my dad. They both knew me quite well. Um, we came, my siblings and I came from a reformed Jewish household. So not particularly religious, more spiritual. Um, and all of my mom said to me when I came out to her was, if you decide to have children, will you carry the baby so that it's Jewish? Because in Judaism, um, the lineage is maternal. So (laughs) that was literally it. My mom just wanted a Jewish grandbaby. And Totally okay. I was not kicked out of the house. I did not have to, you know, jump through hoops of rings of fire or overcome any sort of emotional obstacles. Um, thankfully, in my house until I guess Katie and I decide to have kids. That's it.
0: That is, first of all, you know, that was very touching about your dad. I actually had no clue about that background to you. So, thank you for. For sharing it. Was there ever a time in your life that you had to kind of like work through people identifying you as gay, maybe professionally or in different networks or personally that you just had to kind of just like double down and face that adversity? Or has it just kind of been like chip on the shoulder? Don't matter.
3: So I want to, I mean, we get... Katie and I do get hate online. Uh, you know, it's such a sin for a woman to be with a woman. You're not doing God's will. You will probably Mm -hmm. burn in hell. Um, and then, you know, we live in Florida and my, my middle brother is still a little bit concerned that it's, um, bit of a red state and we've never, not once, not holding hands downtown, not kissing outside of a club. Thankfully, we've never experienced it. The only hate, We've received is online, um, but we never have never ever taken that talk. To- I mean, not since I was a female bodybuilder. And I probably received more hate for how much muscle I carry than for the fact <laughs> that I kissed other girls online.
2: Oh,
0: that's the best line
2: ever. Right it, it it goes to show though, man, these haters, like they're they're such strong personalities and they can type it out, but they they, they can't yeah. go say anything to your face.
3: Right. <laughs> right. Yeah. Uh, that's all they're uh, trolls under a bridge. That's
0: why yeah. they're trolls, right? Right. Yes. That's what I was telling. So I'm like, man, I promise you, the world that the media paints is completely different from the world you walk around in. If you just like disconnect from what the media tells you, like, I'll see all the bullshit they say that's out there. I see a lot of people saying hi to each other and smiling, and and mm-hmm. so forth. I see a lot more positivity out there actually than I do the negative grind of bullshit created. Things going on, but that's a whole nother topic, yeah. That's that's your
2: perspective, you know. If you can choose to see things how you want and and live happy, if you choose, yeah,
0: exactly. And that's one of those I think that when you're a business owner, that kind of changes the lens for you a little bit. You stop looking at things pessimistically and start looking in the optimism of, like, well, look at what I can do. So you just kind of look at the way what's going on around you, and I see a lot more good. Um, oh. Now, my next question. Do you guys have anything up until this point from Miss Jamie?
2: Not yet.
0: No. Okay. Let's talk about your eating disorder. What was the trigger for that? How was it being in that hell? And on the other side of it, I know that's what you kind of specialize in as a coach, but I kind of want to get like a big scope on this from you because I know it's a big thing that resonates with your audience that follows you.
3: Sure. Um, So it started when I was 10. And depending on whether you ask the therapist I spoke to in the hospital, my mom, my siblings, the social worker I had once I was discharged, you're going to get a different reason for why the eating disorder started. And because I was so young when it did, um, I don't actually know who I believe. And I cannot take myself back there to actually remember why it is. I started my first diet at 11. I believe it had something to do with my dad, not necessarily in a bad way, but, you know, from the time I was born, I saw that he needed so much attention and at at the drop of a hat, I remember when he had his first heart attack, then a second, I remembered when he got you know, MRSA in the hospital and had to stay there for two weeks. I remember when somehow the food that they gave him at the hospital gave him diabetes because they did not watch his diet properly. And I was just like, my God, this guy, he deserves so much and at any given time he could die, I should probably just disappear. And I'm pretty sure that for me, my reason was that I wanted to shrink myself so that my dad could have all of the love and the attention that, the best I could do was reduce myself to 95 pounds. Now, unfortunately, it kind of backfired on me because then I was the one admitted to hospital. Um, despite all of the warnings that my mom gave me, you know, you drop below this weight, we're going to admit you. And then I would flirt with that line a little bit. And then finally, I just got past the point and it was an involuntary admission my first time. Um, so, I was admitted three different times. The first time was 40 days as an in person inpatient at the Hospital for Sick Kids in Toronto when I was 15. Second time was as an outpatient for two months the summer before 12th grade. Um, so, you go in right before breakfast and then you have breakfast, lots of therapy. You're allowed to take one uh, school class, you hang out with friends, they work on you, and then you leave after dinner. Uh, so that was a full two months of that. And then because I was so angry at my parents for keeping me in the hospital for so long and missing part of my 11th grade and my summer before 12th grade and everyone went off to college, uh, I made myself worse, which, uh, culminated in kidney dialysis because I'd completely shut down anything and everything by only eating protein. And that was 72 hours at North York general. Wow. That was hell a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. But then, then it gets worse guys, don't worry. Um, I was 18, so I was past the point where my parents could involuntarily admit me. Uh, Now I would have to check myself in. So I knew that if ever I was going to make myself worse, now is the time. So I took myself from, uh, five, 812 pounds started competing in bodybuilding in natural bodybuilding, uh, eventually got myself down to 95 pounds, which was my last show in 2006. It was the fame world cup in Toronto. I was on stage as a clearly lightweight women's, uh, bodybuilder. There were only three people in the class. And it was at that show where one of the judges said, with all due respect, Ms. Filer, you belong in the hospital, not on stage.
0: Wow how did you take yeah. that yeah uh,
3: to heart because he okay. had me I would say he had seen the progression but really it was a regression of my body and my health uh, from 2004 to 2006 um and so I knew that this wasn't the first time this guy saw me he knew what he was talking about when he told me that I should be in the hospital again
2: so what turned all this around
3: that that one sentence really? pretty much because in my head I Again, I thought I'd idolized guys like Jay Cutler, Branch Warren, and Johnny Jackson, also Lee Labrata, and I would yeah. see their physiques and be like, "I don't understand we're both at three percent body fat. Why isn't Lee Labrata in the hospital? Okay, because there's slight body dysmorphia here. Um, but there is this other pivotal moment where I would I'd been discharged, I think I was 18 or 19, and I was I'd woken up. my sleep was obviously super disturbed by hunger, but there's one, and I saw my mom's silhouette. In the bed, for, like a bedroom door of my of my house, and she was just standing there, and I was freaked out. And I said, "What are you doing? Why are you just watching me?" And she said, "I always watch you." I said, "Why do you always watch me sleep? I'm I'm 19." And she said, "Because your body is so little, I have to make sure the covers are still moving." Wow. Now, again, I I don't mean to beat the point home, but my mom already knew that at any given day. My dad could ask that she pull the plug, literally pull the plug on his ventilator, or my dad could go into cardiac arrest or his ventilator could stop working. So she already knew that at a moment's notice, her soulmate could die. And now she had to also not sleep and make sure that her daughter's body kept moving and kept itself sustained. And I was like, wow, I am fucking her up big time. I should probably sober up.
0: What was that journey like sobering up for you?
3: It was rough. It was definitely hard, but I was not. And I had heard so many horror stories. I mean, I was on multiple forums and all of these women who would, you know, gain gain five only to lose seven. Or they'd start to recover, but then instead of anorexia, they'd start purging. And then they ended up giving themselves bulimia. Or they got so freaked out by getting their periods back that they're like, fuck everything. I'm just going to go back to 5% body fat. This feeling is awful. And I said, I never, even if it takes me a hundred years, I will never go backwards. I will just take tiny steps forwards. So it took me, thank God, it only took me four years to recover. So I kind of decided by 21, I said, if I don't recover by my 22nd birthday, I will have lived with anorexia as long as I would have lived without it. And that is a terrible thing for my identity. So I have to get better by my 22nd birthday. I, I didn't, it took me till my 25th birthday. Um, but still four years, I've never once slipped back. Um, I've never starved myself purposely for a day. I've never used exercise or burning calories to compensate. I've never put my finger down my throat. I've never used a laxative ever since the day I decided I was going to recover. It has been only forwards from that point on.
2: And you didn't need uh, any inpatient or outpatient help that time you did it on your own.
3: I I had a social worker. Funny enough, I was 21 and I hadn't seen that social worker in six years. since I was discharged from the hospital, but I said, do you still, deal with girls with eating disorders. And she's like, yeah, but typically they're in the hospital. I'm like, I'll pay you cash. Like, please just help me get better.
2: Oh, okay. Yeah. And obviously she was a willing to do that.
3: Uh, yeah. Yeah. Very cool.
2: So we
0: obviously have a lot of coaches and a lot of general population, people, competitors, current, former competitors, listing who struggle with the body dysmorphia who actually probably do have disordered eating habits, if not, you know, bulimia and anorexia. What advice do you have for them? So before we transfer to another topic. Um, You know, I I know you're always out there talking that your doors open to chat with people, but what advice do you have that they could kind of package away that you would say was a, a difference maker for you to, to turn the tide in that fight?
3: Probably two things. Number one, catch it early. Um, it is a vortex, just like any addiction, really, right? Whether it's drug, alcohol, gambling, sex, um, this is an. I mean, you're addicted to burning calories. You're addicted to staring yourself in the mirror. You're addicted to putting your finger down your throat. You have to catch it before the vortex catches you, because it is literally a black hole. That is, I mean, uh, anorexia is the mental illness with the highest mortality rate, right? You'd think it'd be depression, because if depression, then suicide, right? No eating disorders, kill one in every 10 people. Uh, and that is a staggering statistic, especially when we think about how many competitors we all work with. Um, so number one, catch it early. Number two, don't ignore the warning signs. Uh, because there are many, they just look different to different people. And then number three, probably get a support system bodybuilding. It seems. like, I mean, we all know it seems like it's an individual sport. It is absolutely not. You've got your coach, you've got your posing coach, you've got your partner, you've got your friends, you've got your gym buddy. Um, make sure that they know, put them on high alert, like the second you hear somebody tell somebody, oh, I'm starting to look fat, but really you're at 12% body fat and you're a female, you're not starting to look fat. We need to rein that in.
0: Definitely. That's some really good advice. Thank you for that. That was some good take home stuff. All right. Before I get into the fitness coaching stuff, do you guys have any questions yet?
2: No, I, I asked mine. I'm good. All right.
0: So in 2018, you just burst into the fitness industry on the online realm, you know, you just here's Jamie. What was that like for you? Because I want to get into TRM and, and, you know, I don't know if they know, but you're a powerhouse with, with just the income and so forth. So I wanted to talk about like what it was like for you in 2018, Yeah, how you had to build this and like what you do to maintain it. So like, let's kind of walk through that a little bit.
3: Sure. So um, funny enough, 20. Okay, so 2018 was the year I left Muscle Insider because I got married, but as a function of the American immigration system, I wasn't actually allowed to work legally yet until my green card came through. Um, Because of Trump's rules, I had to wait, um, whereas with uh, Obama, there was just a 90-day waiting period. That's why it's called 90-day fiancé. But Mm -hmm. under Trump, I had to wait for all of my shit to get processed. So I got married and I thought I was going to be allowed to work right away, but I wasn't because I wasn't technically the property of the United States of America and was no longer the property of Canada. So Trump kind of put me on hold uh, from April 2018 until January 2019. So yeah, uh, was... Landlocked. I was not allowed to go home. I could not return to Canada because if I came back to America, they would have wondered why I was there so long without returning home. And I also wasn't allowed to work because again, no country. I I would have either had to pay income tax twice or had to gone uh, had to go underground. And I didn't want to do that. So instead, I spent those nine months building my social media you know, jab, 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 right hook, except for me, it was literally just nine months of jabs because there was no call to action. There was no PayPal business account. There was no legal square or stripe. So it wasn't until January of 2019, when I officially got the stamp, got literally the green card that I started my online business. And that is when I went to Matt because I knew nothing about business. I knew everything about Instagram, I knew everything about Facebook, but knew nothing about how to actually run a business. So I said, start me from ground zero. I'm literally a ball of clay that you can mold. I don't know anything yet, but I'm willing to learn. So it was the day I got my green card that I called Matt and enrolled in Trainer Revenue Multiplier.
0: What was it like getting your first client? How did that scale go to what you're at now?
3: It's very exciting that somebody actually decided to just pay me money, not having met me or seen me in real life, or even had like a one hour consultation that I was, you know, that I saw other trainers at crunch and LA fitness do. I thought it was just insane that somebody wanted to give me $75 a month (laughs) to make, to make them a training and nutrition plan. It was, um, mind boggling and humbling and super cool. (laughs)
0: Please tell me you're still not charging $75 a month.
3: That's I don't have an item. I think maybe, I think my, my ebook is 50, but I don't have anything on my menu for $75, no.
0: So how many clients did you grow to? And what was that like? Because what you're seeing in our industry is you're seeing everyone doing the 10X. They start with one, they get to 10. Then before you know it, they think that that rule goes to a hundred. But there's gaps. When I'm watching from the coaches I mentor, the 25 to 50 is the first hurdle. Usually that's time management related. And yeah. then the 50 to 75s, the wear and tear, the mental grind. That's like yeah. where you have to like really dig into like what it's like to be disciplined to your desk. How long did it take you to scale and what did a scale look like? Dollar wise, you could just get broad ballparks there, but I'm just trying to get like that picture painted to people.
3: Yeah. because More
0: people think it's quicker than what it really is.
3: So it took six months. It took the first half of 2019 to get from 1,500 to 10 K. And then it took three months to go from 10 to 25. Um, and then a year probably from, from August, I was at 25 to April of no, no, a full year. I'm sorry. From August to August was from 25 to 40 K. Um, and then it's been sitting between 40 and 45 a month. Um, between since August of last year. Now in terms of clients, I mean, the, the client number has also gone up that same way, but that period where I went from 25 to 40 was just because I increased my prices. I realized that I would rather, you know, like Jeff said, I, I'd rather get the people who are willing to pay. I want people who want 600 a month for everything I have to offer. I don't want 10 people, at 75. I want, you know, one at 750. So I increased my prices. Obviously people dropped off, but income stayed stable. And then once my prices were what they were, then I started getting more people who were totally cool paying my prices.
0: I want to talk real quick about your use of executive assistant EA and your use of a virtual assistant and how you differentiate between using those two roles to maintain that volume.
3: Okay. Great call. Uh, so (laughs) Um, my wife is the EA of my life. Um, she is in charge of uh, my calendar, my schedule, when it is time to turn my phone off, when it's okay to turn it back on again, when things so I use EA kind of like, I guess in quotations, because I don't have an executive assistant. I just have a partner who runs my life for me and lets me know when it's time, because similar to you guys, if I could, if I was single, I would work 20 hours a day. Cause I love it. Cause I'm mm-hmm. passionate about it. Cause I don't think what I'm doing could ever burn me out. I just have so much love for it, but I realize I need a life outside of my work as well. Now my VA, she's amazing. Her name is Kelly. She takes care of my Facebook group, my Facebook messages. Um, every single new follower on Instagram. She greets them. She invites them to share their goals. She invites them to my Facebook group. Uh, she pretty, pretty much monitors my everything except the actual posts I make on Instagram. Kelly takes care of my social media.
0: So how many hours do you say that brought you back to your life by allowing that to offload? Because when you get to a hundred clients, that's heavy burden to do, you know?
3: Yeah, I I guess it's easier to say, I know that my business could manage itself by working no more than two hours a day, because when we went to Arizona in February, when we went to Denver last week, I did not work more than two hours a day. And my income didn't change throughout the months of February, March, April, or May. Um, So I don't know how many hours I got back. I just know how many hours I'm now how, how many hours I need per day and per week to keep my business running at that level.
0: Yep. I actually am bringing on an executive assistant to help me on a lot of my stuff. One of my coaches who does in-person and that yeah. way I could teach her the online and she could do a lot of my stuff for me with my online. So I've, I've been paying attention to you. And I wanted that said, because these two here, Jason and Jeff could both use executive assistant, to like help just some of that nuance stuff to really get time back because t- you're the one who made me go, what the fuck is my time really worth? Like when you hammer that home in the TRM group, I was like, you're right. 100%. I
1: have a lot of questions right now, Jeff.
0: Go for it. Fire them out. We got a few minutes. Jason's got, he's got 15 more minutes so he's got to roll. So we're good. Yeah. Okay.
1: Jamie, I don't know how uh, apt you are to actually share numbers, but um, you know, I'll share some of mine because I have before in the past in this podcast and I'm trying to wrap my mind around how you you work two hours a day and maintain 45 to 50k per month. I, that just doesn't make sense to me. And I'm a business guy, so so I'll tell you that you know you know I've been as high as 100 clients. I haven't really gone past 100 by by any measurable like significant amount. And it's only for a short period of time. I usually float around like 75, 80, 90. That's more like my, my average run rate, right? So like I said, you know, my, my advanced care hormone health or contest prep rate is 600, but I also have a lot of people grandfathered in, like 200, 300, 125, and I have a few that were my very first clients that are still paying me 100 bucks a month. So it's a mixture of all of that. And so my run rate's about $30,000 per month, and it's been that way for, for several months now. Um, I work a lot of hours. Mondays and Tuesdays, I will literally work from like 7am to like maybe 8pm, 9pm. Uh, the rest of the week is about social media development, answering DMs, emails, Facebook messages, managing my Facebook group, consult calls, mentorships and all that stuff. So my questions to you is, what's your average run rate? Um, how many clients do you, do you have right now? If you can give a ballpark number, what revenue streams are you doing? Is it just coaching? Is it do you do ebook sales? Do you do mentorships? Do you do consults? Like where is this money coming from and how are you doing all that in only two hours a day?
0: You're getting just blown away, Jamie. Sue with the firepower right there.
3: Um, super great question. Super great question. So first of all, again, I don't do any of my social media except the actual posting. Um, it's either Katie, uh, my wife or Kelly. Oh, I should note, Katie is on my payroll. So Uh, A, this is a huge tax break for me. It means that anytime we go away, I can write her off. Anytime I take her out for dinner and like mention a client check-in, I can write her off. So Katie is responsible for doing my DMs because she knows my clients. So she will say, you know, Jen is asking you this and while I'm watching TV or while I'm programming, I will answer her. Um, Again, Kelly takes care of all incoming clients and all new DMs. She also runs my Facebook group and my Facebook messages. So completely eliminate social media. So it's like essentially over the course of your day, if you never had to do social media, okay cool, reduce that number. Um, my consult calls are 15 minutes. I block out 15 minutes and 15 minutes only for sales calls because if I cannot get a sense of what it is you need for me or how I can help you in more than 15 minutes, then I don't think I have it in me to give you. If you're a talker and you need that much of my time, this is not gonna go well. Um, you know, Jeff knows I don't have a lot of patience. <laughs> I <I'm> mean, <Yep. laughs> um, just tell me what the problem is so that I can solve it. I don't need to know everything that happened leading up to it. Give me a bullet point list and then let's execute, right? I'm not asking necessarily for blind trust, just by getting, like, let me do the magic. Um, mm. All of my programming is based on templates. Now that's not to say everything is a click, copy and paste. It is absolutely not. That is my base tier though. But for my second two levels, they all start at templates. And then when you tell me that you have a bunion on your toe, or in 2016, you herniated your disc, okay, then I take walking lunges and deadlifts out. And now it's customized. I replace it with something else. So Mm. templatizing things, offloading stuff to your VA, making sure that somebody else is also working for you and with you and reducing the amount of time you spend on consults, unless you're getting paid for that, Uh just takes significantly more time off your plate. Um, Also, my check-ins are done typically via Loom and they don't take more than two minutes. I'm looking at your check-in chart chart as you are looking at me, looking at your check-in chart it is no more than two minutes. Whereas an actual email typed out check-in would probably take three to five. Now, over the course of a hundred clients, that two minutes that you save is now 200 minutes for everybody that checks in. Also, I have stopped asking first for check-ins for my clients who are at my lowest tier. If you've chosen for whatever reason, be it a financial reason, an emotional reason, or whatever, to choose the silver package, then the responsibility is on you to check in. That tells me that you're not fully invested, invested, right? You've got no skin in the game. So why am I taking 30 seconds to remember what your Instagram name is in order for me to message you first, to remind you that it's Wednesday, Kelly, it's time.
0: And now you guys know why I tapped Jamie to present on Systems Pipeline Pro and things like that at the first form event, because that's what Jamie's going to be going over. Because she is the queen of that shit.
1: What's your most expensive package? Are you pricier than I am or am I more pricier Please than
0: you? Please say are? you are. Please say you're 601. Well,
3: it's like the price is right. No, <laughs> $499. We're not. So, you,
1: so you fall a little bit. We're pretty much in this. I mean, 500, 600, whatever. It's the same thing. But I will admit that it sounds like you are much more efficient than I am because I, I literally like spent, you know, an hour and 20 minutes on a phone call today with someone. You know, have been it,
2: telling you that I've been dude. telling you that for years yeah. and
1: I've, I, I will let people call me. I, I, clients will call me too. And I'll spend like an hour talking to them or I'll text uh-huh. with them, but it is that. all me. Um, so they do appreciate that, but it does so severely handicap me in the sense that I can't, I can't move, you know, as quickly as, as you can. You yeah.
3: yeah. So my favorite is when people ask, they're like, you must have like 15 clients or something that you're able to respond to my email so quickly. And I'm like, I would love for you to think that. And that's been the goal of my business model is to get people. I, I don't love answering the questions of how many clients do you have? Because if you have to ask and you're curious, if I only have 15, then Mm -hmm. I'm doing my job correctly. Because it shows you that I'm managing my time properly. Not one message, whether it's email or DM, is answered past the 24-hour mark.
1: Yeah, so yeah, same, same here for I think all of us here as coaches. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, you sound like you have incredible efficiency. I think I think the, those are brilliant, uh, you know, business tools that you've employed. So congratulations there.
0: She's available for one-on-one coaching, Sue. She has a right. calendar yeah. and an hourly rate that's very affordable for you. Yeah, that, that might be beneficially to hear from someone other than Jason and myself on ways that you could probably, you know, start small, Sue. let's try to just get back four hours a week. Just start small and that way you can get used to letting go of things. You know, the more you let go of things and you give to other people, watch them run with it, the better you actually feel.
1: I know, but that's, that's my problem. I think Jamie, you can identify with this, you know, the struggle that many entrepreneurs feel is that the business is your baby and you can't let go. And that's what holds you back.
2: But that's called leadership, man. No, it's it's hard. You've got to surround yourself with people that you can trust and that are good, and, and and that'll build you up, and you can move forward.
0: Jamie will tell you that I always talk in the platinum calls and CRM about Nick or Thera and just how much they thank me for giving them the full fucking autonomy to build Iron House and to build Relentless. Like, I mean, every week I get a great message, and it humbles me to have that. In all honesty, so Jamie, before I get on to like my last question. What's one IG tip and one Facebook tip (laughs) that we could throw out to the audience that you could give us right now that you would say is the most beneficial?
3: Um, Five to 10 stories a day.
0: You
3: might not post, you might post once or twice a week on your main feed and you will still gain followers. If you let people into your house party on a daily basis, because that's all Instagram is. People just want to see what you do every single day. They want to know that there's a human on the other end of the phone right who isn't really perfect but rather is perfectly real. So you have to show them the fact that you're a trainer, fact that you're a husband or boyfriend or wife or whatever, fact that you're a dog mom or dog dad, uh, fact that maybe you've real kids, that's cool too. Um The fact that you're a foodie, the fact that you like, right? So make a story that is relatable on more than one dimension, other than the fact that you're just, because you're not just, no one in this room is just a trainer. We all have so many different labels, but sometimes you don't show your audience that other side of you. And they're like, cool. It's all he does. It's so nice for him.
1: Absolutely. I agree with that hundred percent.
0: What's the Facebook tip?
3: Facebook to education on Facebook. It seems like on Facebook, it's not so much, not as much entertainment, not as much inspiration. People genuinely want to be educated on Facebook.
0: Oh, I love that. That's some gold little nuggets right there. I'm actually going to post more about my life now. You guys will love it. Um, what's the five-year plan for you, girl? Where are you going? Where are you taking this? Cause this is just, this is impressive. I think the three of us both can agree. We're not equally impressed in this industry but from the moment i met you i knew you were a fucking killer i always joke that you know you could go into rooms and you could tell who the nurse sharks are from the great white sharks like you know like you just know each other and and i just have the utmost respect so what's the five-year plan give me the insight um
3: five-year plan so i i will i will limit it to one tier and one tier only. Again, similar to the way Jeff started out this conversation, he's going to have his 200 plan. I'm probably just going to be between five and a grand to coach with me per month. Uh, I will not have any lower tier that I am running. It will all be my team. Um, I would like to be actually doing more seminars with TRM, you know, the same way we've got rich dad, poor dad, Tony Robbins has unleashed the power. I hope that Matt and TRM blows up to the extent where he can send me to one state at least every month. And I can bring Katie because she won't have to be working as much. And I can just do the TRM, whatever, 90 minute presentation, get a bunch of people rolled into TRM 10K or Kickstart and then come home to Tampa, deal with my 10 clients and that's it. Love it.
0: Yeah, no, that's fucking sweet. Um, All right. In one word, I have these little random little things, which I don't let anyone know about. But in one word, I want you to answer the following three questions, okay? Okay. One word. Winning is?
1: Repeat that, Jeff. You got cut out. Winning
0: is? Like, what is winning in one word?
3: Oh, my God. (laughs) Rewarding.
0: All right. Losing is?
3: one word yep does anyone get these right
0: these are just random i just pulled it out of my ass before i literally (laughs) just wrote it down you got lucky i guess
3: (laughs) uh i want more like losing it a new beginning
0: all right i'll I'll give you that all right we'll (laughs) just go with beginning Beginning. i was gonna i I was i was wondering if you would say hell because of how you're wired um
3: Losing is a new beginning.
0: Yeah. Love is. Happiness. All right. Now, okay. better yet, where can everybody follow you? Where can everybody find you? I know we got a TRM podcast coming come out. I know we do stuff on the Facebook groups and all that. I love uh, guys. Just so you guys know here. Remember how I post about the, remember I was telling you all about the 48 laws of power and how real insightful was. I got that from her because she did a 60 minute presentation on it in TRM platinum, breaking down like the most like important laws, like just in the sense of power. And it's not even about money. Like money is never mentioned in this book. It's strictly just psychological power. Um, but she just knows her shit. That's all I want to say on that, but where can everybody find you? Where can everybody follow you? Get all the good stuff.
3: Sure. So probably my most, like, my most popular platform is Instagram, J A I M 9 1. Facebook is Jamie Filer. I, I accept all friend requests, but you will probably be messaged by my VA. So don't get offended if I don't know who you are. Um, I will get to know you. And then Facebook group is just Team Jame 91. Um, I post every day on there, making sure you're hit with quality content. And that's it.
0: Badass you got anything for us anything else you'd like to say before we wrap out
3: I'm just super excited uh, for what you guys are doing because I do believe that to to an extent you're all changing the industry obviously as individuals but also as the collective um, I think the fact that you guys go on these traveling seminars is so important and I cannot wait for the uh, I cannot wait for the first form event
0: that's gonna be a really good time I, it's it, it's gonna be like a network I know my entire team's coming to it um, so I'm excited to do that. So um, it's going to be a good event. I, I think it's it's something the industry needs. And I'm looking forward to the bigger picture of CJ Jason. I'm looking forward to the bigger picture of not only be high level stuff. We talk about the physique education collective, but getting into the business stuff, the leadership stuff, the marketing, the thing that people really need to be successful because you got a lot of coaches who have a bunch of knowledge and can't sell shit. And then you got a bunch of people who can sell you a bunch of shit, but can't fix anything. <laughs> And yeah. the goal is to hopefully like merge the two where everybody can fix shit and sell shit. So that's kind of what we're hoping
1: to do a little impact there. So. Yeah. yeah. Amy, I just want to say that I really loved what you said about Instagram and how people want to know that there's a person behind the phone, because that is, that's how I operate my Instagram. And I can attest that other coaches listening, if you operate this manner, you will get a shit ton of business. I get business every day from the stories that I post and it's just silly stuff. I like, play piano and I make a video and people will talk to me about it you know that's
3: it right it's all about starting conversations that's yeah. all Instagram is just get conversations going and the other
1: thing I want to say is you have awesome hair like I want I want people listening to just like <laughs> hear this that your hair is awesome I'm like a hair guy you know I love to get my hair cut and stuff and yeah you hair, so <laughs> thank,
3: you. thank you I did this in February it used to be a big messy bun but Yeah, was great thank mm-hmm. Thank
0: you. Well, Jamie, thank you so much for joining us. Um, It was awesome. Like I knew it would be. I'm glad that everybody got a chance to meet you before we see you up in first form uh, at the end of August. And guys, hopefully that gave you a little taste of what you guys are going to get from a 50 minute presentation with her. That's just going to be straight fucking fire. I promise you. All right, guys, we are off next week as I am graduating from my local leadership group. It's an exciting time. I hope it's going to be a beautiful little moment in my life and I get tears. And then we were returning the following week with um, we will actually have two podcasts that week. Um, You guys will love it. Otherwise enjoy yourselves guys. I'll talk to y'all later. Y'all have yourself a good day.